Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, I'm here to help unravel the nonsense, the pseudo-events, the panic. But before I do, I've got to get down to a little bit of activism and business here. We have a few states with elections going on here. In the state of Virginia, you have literally 53 minutes to vote. Now, you will lose your Second Amendment rights. Abortion after birth is something that they have, in fact, been proposing here in the state of Virginia. Massive tax increases and a variety of other radical left-wing agenda items are on the table if the Democrats win the House of Delegates and the State Senate. And the number in the House of Delegates as I speak is 51 to 49 Republicans over Democrats. And if you think your vote doesn't matter in the state of Virginia, one of those Republicans won because they drew numbers out of a hat two years ago. So we have elections here that are going to be enormously close, can come down to half a dozen votes, one vote, 15 votes, whatever it is. So if in your car now saying, ah, what the hell, I'm going to go get a Big Mac, uh, no. If you're listening to me at your dinner table now, drop everything and get to your precinct. There are people working very, very hard, volunteers, who are trying to stem the radical leftist agenda that can devour this state of Virginia. George Soros has put an enormous amount of money into this. The gun control confiscating groups have done the same thing. The radical pro-abortion groups have done the same thing. The massive spending groups have done it. Democrats from all over the country have put millions into this because they want to knock off Virginia. It's one of the last states left to fall. And then they're going to go after Georgia and Texas and all the rest. So... People say, what can we do? And I always say, what can you do? How about voting? You know, we have men and women in uniform fighting all over the, all over the world in one hellhole after another. They've left their families. they put their lives on the line. All we have to do is vote. We have a fifth column in this country that's pushing us towards tyranny. If you believe in liberty and faith, if you believe in the Declaration and the Constitution, then you need to get out and vote. And you have now 51 minutes in the Commonwealth of Virginia. The Commonwealth of Kentucky, same with you. Your polls close in 50 minutes. You have a terrific governor who they've attacked and attacked and attacked, particularly the public sector unions in your state. But Matt Bevin is terrific. He absolutely is. In Mississippi, you have an excellent gubernatorial candidate as well. Now, we shouldn't have to be fighting. 
in Mississippi and Kentucky. Virginia's in trouble. We have leftists who move into this state from Washington, D.C., from Maryland. I want to escape D.C. and Maryland and their taxes and regulations. Then these clowns come into this state and they vote Democrat. Also, you're seeing the consequences of decades of intentional immigration policies or anti-immigration policies of an unsecure border and the registration of people who have now turned the age of voting, 18 and older. And I told you the story. Well, maybe I didn't. I told the folks on WMAL, my mothership here in Washington area. I lined up the vote this morning very early. number of people there, mostly Democrats, some Republicans. And I spoke to them. The two of them were recent immigrants to the country. But not so recent that they couldn't register the vote. They became citizens. They registered the vote. They had the blue Democrat ballot. And I said to them, why are you voting Democrat? Well, they gave me a number of reasons. I don't like Trump because they're much more humane. One said, I don't want my uh, Medicaid cut. I'm going, what, what is this? So that's what's happening. Now, the truth is, these off-year elections, that's what they call them, but they're on-year elections for the states that have them. They affect everything that goes on in these states, whether it's Virginia, Mississippi, Kentucky, and so they're crucially important. Even the school board races. In my county, they're debating what they call a diversity library. So what the hell is a diversity library? I, I can guess. A diversity library has books with the most foul language you can imagine. One book in the diversity library uses the F word 49 times. That book is in an elementary school library. LGBTQ plus in all the school libraries. This is the debate that's going on in Loudoun County and Outer County outside of Washington, D.C. Also, George Soros is spending a fortune trying to take over every prosecutor's office in every county and every state. You see what he's done to Philadelphia, my hometown. He installed the district attorney. Now the U.S. attorney has to fight the district attorney in order to keep criminals in prison and in order to prosecute criminals. In the biggest county in Virginia, Fairfax County, they knocked off the Democrat prosecutor because he wasn't radical enough. He's announced he's voting for the independent. So radical is the uh, Democrat candidate. But if people vote goo-goo-ga-ga, Democrat-Democrat, it's trouble. Because increasingly they outnumber Republicans. But in an off-year election like this, with 45, 47 minutes left in the Commonwealth of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Kentucky, a little longer than that in Mississippi, you can surprise the opponents, the leftists, who support tyranny over liberty. That's right, I said it. At this point, what do you call it? Now, the vast, overwhelming majority of these Democrats in Virginia are endorsed by the Washington Post. By the Washington Post. So when you go to the precinct, at least in Virginia, they don't have the party identification when you go to vote in the machine. So you've got to take your Republican ballot. You've got to take your Republican ballot. 
because it gets complicated. But every one of these positions, every one is crucial. Whether it's the county prosecutor, whether it's the school board, whether it's your state delegate, state senator, and folks, it's the same with you. And by the way, they're voting in New Jersey too. Did I mention that, Mr. Producer? No, I didn't. They're voting for a whole bunch of offices in New Jersey. This is the time to surprise the Democrats. This is the time to surprise the media and the left. And to show them. Not only we not going down without a fight, we're not going down, period. And I'll be able to report tomorrow what the results are. If you have relatives who live in any of these states, I'm quite serious. This is a Levin surge. If you have relatives that live in any of these states, Virginia, Kentucky, Mississippi, New Jersey, by God, pick up the phone and call them. If they get in line in time, they can't move them. They can't tell them, no, you don't get the vote. If they get in line in time, 45 minutes is enough time to get to virtually any precinct in this country. Many of you can hear me. You're on the, you're on the road, in and around Washington, D.C. You're on the road, in and around the state of New Jersey. We're all over New Jersey. We're all over Virginia. You can hear me in Mississippi. You can hear me in Kentucky. You can hear me on satellite radio. You can hear me everywhere. Honestly, I shouldn't even have to encourage people to do this. This is our duty to protect this country, to protect your state, to protect your neighborhood for your children and your grandchildren. There's no place to run. There's no place to go anymore. I mean, we're talking about Virginia, Kentucky, and Mississippi, as well as, of course, New Jersey. So you're voting for your own interest because the people voting against you, they want more of what you have. You get up early in the morning and you work or you're retired and you spent a lifetime working. And now you have people who feel they can go to the ballot box and just vote and take your money and take your property. And they think they have a right to it for a whole bunch of reasons. And there's far too many people who are coming into this country who think the same thing because they hear it on radio, they hear it on TV, they read it in newspapers. They hear precious little about the founding, and when they hear about the founding, it's all left-wing kookism. (coughs) So, if you can hear my voice, if you're a conservative, a libertarian, a Republican, or maybe you're an independent, but you know what's going on, You do not want the radical Democrats, the AOC, Talib, Omar Democrats taking over your state. And I'm not kidding. That's where they are now. Then you need to take a stand. Or all the complaining, all the whining is of no consequence whatsoever. These are the times that matter. That test men's souls, as they say. And I think we can count on our fellow citizens. Now, some of you tell me that the Trump election is going to be a cakewalk. You're about to find out there are no cakewalks left. After decades of abuse of our immigration system, after decades of abuse of our voting system, the Democrats want to turn America into California. They want to turn America into New York. They want to turn America into Illinois. They want to turn America into New Jersey. 
where there are little pockets of republicanism, little pockets of liberty and capitalism. Well, I don't want little pockets. Let them have little pockets. Now, for God's sakes, if you're in a state where there's voting, then vote. I'll be right back. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice. A series of choices, guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C., Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox Sundays has aired at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific now for almost two years. I was asked, what is today? I was asked late last week if the folks at Fox could move the show to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. In other words, more into the meat of the primetime lineup on Sunday, up against the big three networks, up against football and so forth. I said, absolutely, whatever you think. I love a challenge. Nobody thought 10 p.m. Eastern would work. We have the highest rated show on Sunday nights. We just do. At 10 p.m. Eastern. So starting this Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin will air at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And you all in other places can figure out your time for the slot. And I hope you'll join me. Or record it so you can watch it. Uh, because uh, nothing else is going to change. I'm not going to change. I'm not transitioning. Uh, it'll be one-on-one interviews or one-on-two interviews, uh, long, the uh, long-form interview where I actually let people speak. I think you'll find the guests as we proceed into the election and this phony impeachment stuff and all the rest of it very compelling. Now, one thing I can do on this program that can't be done on another single program on the network is have a long discussion with somebody so you really get to learn who they are, their backgrounds, what they think. And this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Life, Liberty, and Levin on the Fox News Channel, we'll have Donald Trump Jr. Now, maybe some of you are saying we hear from him all the time. No, you haven't. Not for an hour. And you'll find out really what Donald Trump Jr. is all about. No quick hits, no 14 guests. We'll just take our time and have a discussion about all sorts of issues. And so I hope you'll continue to join us on the program. 
As long as you continue to join us, I'll be there. If you don't join us, I'll leave. But I feel like it's a very, very important public service to have this program or I wouldn't do it. I've got plenty to do. I'm not one of these people that's dying to be on TV all the time. I'm just not. You'd be surprised how many shows I turn down. In any event, please mark that down. Please tell everybody on your email and text list. Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox will now be 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday nights. 5 p.m. Pacific Time, again, Sunday evenings. And uh, we hope we reach more and more and more people. Okay, there's a couple things I want to get into here, because I I always feel like I have to straighten these things out, given where the media go. We're back to two issues, none of which have anything to do with the impeachment clause of the Constitution. Treason, bribery, high crimes, and misdemeanors. And as they issue these transcripts now, there's a spin the Democrats put out that the media regurgitate. Because, as I've told you, an unfreedom of the press, and even before, they're one and the same. They support the same agenda, policies, causes. And so you're seeing tonight, those of you who have voted in the states where there's voting, and you've gone home and you're watching television now, you're seeing, and if you're listening to this program, in some areas the network news is doing what it always does with its left-wing propaganda, well, if people are upset, they ought to fix it. And that is this. You now have people who represent whistleblowers. People who now represent whistleblowers saying, hey, look, the President of the United States has a statutory duty to protect them. We're talking about the impeachment of a President of the United States. He has the statutory duty to protect somebody who's accusing him, quote-unquote, of impeachable offenses? What kind of clowns are these slip-and-fall so-called whistleblower lawyers. How absurd. The Constitution trumps everything. Not their little damn whistleblower statute. That's number one. Number two, how is this clown a whistleblower? Because he was advised by shift staff and some shady lawyers to use the whistleblower statute in order to seek anonymity? Is that why? Well, of course it's why. And so they continue to want to protect the identity of this whistleblower whose name is out there on the internet because they do not want this whistleblower question because if the whistleblower's question, the whole house of cards comes tumbling down. Schiff's role, the role of these two NSC former advisors on his committee, the whole damn thing falls down. I'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. 
And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Liberty's voice, Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. Let me see if I can help some of the media and the Democrats and versa, vice versa, vice versa, one and the same. The Constitution trumps any statute, including a whistleblower statute. The idea that the American people are just observers and not participants in this process is an abomination. It's unconscionable. The Constitution existed before any whistleblower, let alone a whistleblower statute. And we're all being played here, ladies and gentlemen. This former NSC staffer, a Democrat, Obama holdover, tight with Joe Biden, tight with the two NSC advisors who left the Trump White House after having served in the Obama White House, working for Adam Schiff, who uh, colluded with the so-called whistleblower. What do you think, they're stupid? They gave him guidance. You know what kind of guidance they gave him? They found him a few slip-and-fall whistleblower lawyers, if you will, so this guy could wrap himself in the whistleblower statute. And here we are debating now, almost two months into this, whether the identity of the individual should be revealed whether the individual should give testimony, whether the individual is going to be known to the public and examined carefully, their motives and so forth, and we're being told no. They bring in these clowns who represent whistleblowers on TV and in the media. They have nothing to do with anything. This is about a constitutional system. This is about an effort to use the whistleblower statute to remove a president of the United States over nothing. And the more transcripts they release, the more you realize it's over nothing. Zippo. And I'll give you another example of that in a moment. The idea that the Democrats want to remove a president, that's the point of impeachment. But you're not allowed to know the individual who started it, when in fact, the more we learn about the individual, the more he's, or it's a he is on public record, the more this person can be scrutinized, the more the whole house of cards caves in. That's why they're protecting this guy. And I told you that last week when I posted this. It has nothing to do with him being in danger or protecting him or the whistleblower statute or anything else. It's a cover-up for Schiff, for Schiff's staff, for the so-called whistleblower. There's a thousand questions they ask this so-called whistleblower. On the record, behind the television, with a microphone, for all the American people to witness. Blasey Ford comes forward. You're not allowed to question her. Oh, no, you got to believe the woman. Unless, of course, the woman is a conservative. Then you never believe the woman. You always believe the woman. Never question Obama. 
because you'll be accused of racism. But Clarence Thomas and Herman Cain and on and on, you can trash the hell out of them. Doesn't matter. Is it some kind of friggin' game? As I said in the first minute of this, we want to know every damn thing there is to know about the whistleblower. Nobody's coordinating with me. Nobody's advising me. It's quite obvious. What, we have to wait till this clown writes a book a year or two or three from now? It was me. It was me. It's a cover-up for Schiff, for his committee, for the Democrats. It's a cover-up. This is why I said on Hannity last Thursday, the Attorney General and the U.S. Attorney from Connecticut, if you're investigating the 2016 campaign... Word is from Paul Sperry over at Real Clear Investigations. And hats off to Paul Sperry, and hats off to Real Clear Investigations, who had the guts to reveal this person. And more than that, who did some looking into the person's background. I give you the name, I can't remember it, Mr. Producer. If you look it up, I'll mention who it is again. I just can't remember the guy's name. Eric Chiamarella. Eric Chiamarella. Eric Chiamarella. Did I say? Eric Chiamarella. Washington Post, it's Eric Chiamarella. New York Times, Eric Chiamarella. Now, by the way, I don't have firsthand knowledge. That's what's being reported. So I can't confirm it. Just like his filing against the president. But as I said on day one, His lawyers are free to come on this program. Eric Chiamarella, you're free to come on this program. Just deny it. Just deny it. Say, look, Mark, it wasn't me. I'll give you equal time here. Eric Chiamarella, Eric Chiamarella's lawyers, feel free to come on my program. Come on my program and say, Mark, you're an ass. You're wrong. You shouldn't be repeating what they have over there at Real Clear Investigations. I'll say, all right, fine. Great. But they won't. I've said this publicly now, repeatedly. It's reportedly Eric Chiamarella. If that's not correct, then Eric Chiamarella, tell us. It's okay. Tell us. His lawyers, tell us. Please, tell us. I'm only interested in the truth here. If I'm wrong, tell me. Well, we can't mention this person because of the stat. We're talking about impeachment under the Constitution of the United States. Now, let's break into this even more. Let's look at this even more. There are headlines. When you go to a site and don't, like Mediaite, whatever their headline is, you know they're full of crap. You know the opposite is true. That thing is founded by Dan Abrams, a legal analyst at ABC News. He's supposed to be a journalist. He's got all kinds of stuff going on on the side with his websites and Cable programs, and so it must be cool. As I told you before, his sister was appointed a federal district judge by Obama in the Southern District of New York. But don't worry. Dan Abrams is an objective legal analyst. Just ask him. Meanwhile, his brother-in-law, that is the guy who's married to the judge who was appointed by Obama, served on Mueller's staff as one of the Democrat prosecutors. But, you know, don't worry. Dan Abrams is an objective legal analyst. Just like his website, Mediaite. They're all objective analysts over there. 
They say that the testimony, the testimony of this fella who was supposed to be helpful to the president, Sondland, Ambassador Sondland, S-O-N-D-L-A-N-D. Gee, we know his name. Anyway, proves there was a quid pro quo. Now, I want to hit this from two levels. Really? Well, let's take a look at this. Paragraph four in his revised testimony. With respect to September 1, 2019, Warsaw meeting, the conversations described in Ambassador Taylor's and Mr. Morrison's opening statements have refreshed my recollection about conversations involving the suspension of USAID, which had become public only days earlier. I always believed that suspending aid to Ukraine was ill-advised. Now, ready for this? Although I did not know parentheses, and still do not know, parentheses, <coughs> excuse me, when, why, or by whom the aid was suspended. However, by the beginning of September 2019, and in the absence of any credible explanation for suspension of aid, I presumed that the aid suspension had become linked to the proposed anti-corruption statement. Mr. Producer, is that evidence of a quid pro quo? Is reading not fundamental? I mean, English is my first language. I said in my prepared statement, security aid to Ukraine was in our vital national interest and should not have been delayed for any reason. And it would have been natural for me to have voiced what I presumed to Ambassador Taylor, Senator Johnson, the Ukrainians, and Mr. Morrison. My God, there it is, the smoking gun, ladies and gentlemen. The quid pro quo, I know it, Mediate says so. Dan Abrams, legal analyst, his site. Oh my God, the headline here of the Washington Compost, the New York Slimes. They've got him now. They've got him now. Washington Compost, Michael Schmidt. Or is that the New York Slimes? Excuse me. I don't want to confuse the two identical newspapers. Sondland updates impeachment testimony describing Ukraine quid pro quo. Oh, my Lord. No, he didn't. What the hell are they talking about? That's number one. Number two. We read the telephone call. It doesn't say there's a quid pro quo. How many damn times do we have to read that thing? Number three, if in fact the president had said, look, Ukraine, we're not giving you any aid until you assist us in the 2016 investigation undertaken officially, publicly by our government, the Attorney General and the Assistant U.S. Attorney of Connecticut, Durham. We're trying to figure out the extent to which Your country interfered in our election. We know they did because Politico said so. And Politico never lies. And they wrote a piece with really great detail. It can't be Biden. Because the Biden paragraph, which is really one and a half sentences, includes nothing about aid. Zero. So here we have pseudo-event spawning, pseudo-event spawning, pseudo-event. Yesterday they went nuts. Oh my God, the Obama holdover ambassador said the president and his surrogates 
pushed her out of office, pushed her out of office. We had an election. She should have been removed. Adam Schmidt, Schmidt goes to the microphone, shifty, I mean. He goes to the microphone, he says, look at this. She has 33 years of impeccable civil service credentials at the State Department. And they removed her so they could use an irregular back channel. MSLSD reported rogue Ukrainian policy, their so-called journalist. A rogue Ukrainian... How can you have a rogue Ukrainian policy when the President of the United States sets the policy? Not an Obama holdover ambassador or any other civil servant or any other cabinet member. The President sets foreign policy and that includes Ukraine. How can it be a rogue policy when it's his damn policy? Okay, have I straightened everything out now? I think I have. But unfortunately, you're being bombarded by the Democrat Party press, which all say the same thing. You'll pick up the paper, it says it. You'll look on the internet, it says it. You'll watch cable TV, they say it. You'll watch network TV, they say it. You'll listen to network radio news, they say it. Same damn thing. Just like when the New York Times was covering up the Holocaust, as I've said a thousand times. They said nothing. So they said nothing on radio. They said nothing on TV. They said nothing at the Washington Compost. All the news that's fit to print, and they just couldn't fit the news about the Holocaust on their pages. It just wouldn't fit. Just like the truth about this outrageous impeachment scam apparently won't fit in their pages. Kentucky, 11 minutes. Vote, or you'll wish you did. Mississippi, you have a little more time, but vote, or you'll wish you did. And same in New Jersey. You may not have statewide offices running, but you have many local offices. Vote. What's the problem? Vote. I voted. I think I voted at 6.20 a.m. in the morning. I'll be right back. Lovin. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. It's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu.
We don't just talk here, we're activists here. Proudly, and I don't know, the only national show, or one of a few, that has the reach to be pushing people in only four states tonight to do what needs to be done. To do what needs to be done. And we'll see if it turns out. It's not my responsibility as a talk show host. I feel it's my responsibility as a fellow citizen. We've got a lot to talk about next hour, too, including this massacre in Mexico and what the hell we're going to do about it and how the code pink Republicans are really uh, limited on what they can do in terms of what they suggest that we do about it. The same left, the same Democrats who reject the building of a wall who reject ICE, who reject detention centers, who undermine local law enforcement, county law enforcement, state law enforcement, and federal law enforcement. This is what stands between us and the cartels. All the levels of protection, federal, state, and local, that are built in place, that have been in place to protect us from these murderous cartels that Democrats oppose. And these cartels are making billions and billions of dollars off of these these killer drugs that they're shipping into this country. They're kidnapping in our country. They pay coyotes to bring people into our country. And now, Americans are being slaughtered. These aren't the first, but this is horrific what took place. Absolutely horrific. And when they find out who did it, they know some. They need to drag their ass into this country and give them the death penalty. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. When and if we get results out of Virginia, Kentucky, and so forth, I will let you know. We'll be monitoring this. Can't promise we'll have them, but we may have some. Uh, let's see. I would also tell you that securing the border is a national security issue. The President of the United States has said this. He's been attacked by the media. He's been attacked by the Democrat Party. He's been attacked by Republicans within his own party. He's wanted to move funds and has tried, and in some ways has been very successful from various accounts, whether it's the Army Corps of Engineers, whether it's the military and so forth, in order to secure that border. He keeps telling people over and over again, and he has access to the information that we have criminals coming in here, potentially terrorists. And the media says, you can't prove that. Can you name a terrorist? Which terrorists? You know, it's amazing, ladies and gentlemen. What do you call these cartels? They're terrorist organizations. The way they torture, the way they murder, they've been doing it longer than ISIS. Decapitating people, dipping them in acid, burning them alive, drowning them. They get a real kick out of this. And they're taking over big chunks of Mexico. And they're working their way, trying to take over big chunks of our southern border. The president is trying to proactively deal with this. 
He gets the reports. There's all kinds of crimes taking place along the southern border, and there's all kinds of crimes taking place in the interior of the United States by illegal aliens, including MS-13. But they call him a racist. It's appalling that we have a political party in this country and some within the Republican Party who don't believe in securing our borders, protecting our neighborhoods. Now, what took place in Mexico is not far from our border. And let's look, multiple reports, let's look at this report from the Sun of Britain, of the UK. Headline, Mormon bloodbath, Sonora massacre, babies burned alive and kids shot in the back as Mexican cartel murder nine U.S. Mormons in targeted hit. Babies were reportedly burned alive and kids shot in the back after ruthless cartel killers slaughtered nine U.S. Mormons in a targeted hit in Mexico. We now know there were three vehicles. We now know one was not right behind the other. They had some distances between them. In fact, one of them had some car trouble, I believe a flat tire. So they went from car to car, apparently, and slaughtered these Americans. Some survived miraculously. The helpless victims, that would be Americans, were ambushed by the merciless gunmen as they drove to a wedding in the border state of Sonora yesterday. Police have arrested three people in connection with the depraved massacre, a source told Maliano Television earlier today. While U.S. super cops and the FBI have also offered to help Mexican authorities. 17 members of the LeBaron family and the Langford families were traveling in three cars when gunmen sprayed their vehicles with bullets. Some of the victims, including babies were then reportedly burned alive amid fears female victims were raped, reports the Daily Mail. Alex LeBaron, who said he lost family members in the attack, told CNN women and children were massacred, burned alive. Mothers were screaming for the fire to stop. Several family members have now told how gunmen opened fire on one child running away and revealed how, and murdered him. And revealed how others burned to death inside a car that was torched. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? Other young children managed to escape and hide by the roadside while one of the mothers was shot in the chest. As she put her hands up to surrender. They executed her. Survivors described how one boy managed to hide his wounded siblings, some less than a year old, in bushes before he ran back to the nearby town to get help. Others are still missing, sparking genuine concerns that the death toll in the wake of the atrocity will soon rise. This is hard to stomach, is it not? It is still unclear what motivated the killings. They don't need any motivation to slaughter people. Which took place on a dirt road between Chihuahua and Sonora states. However, it is not the first time that members of the breakaway church have been attacked in northern Mexico where their forebears settled decades ago. In 2009, Benjamin LeBaron, an anti-crime activist who was related to those killed in Monday's attack, 
was murdered by cartel killers in neighboring Chihuahua State. The authorities are now investigating whether or not the family were mistaken, the families were mistaken, for a rival cartel as they were traveling in large SUVs, which are favored by the gangs. You know, that's hard to believe that they would mistake them. There's three vehicles. One's not exactly behind the other. You see these little babies. I don't believe that for a second. Security Minister Alfonso Durazo said the attack could have been a case of mistaken identity. I don't care. I don't believe it, but I don't care. Relative of the victims told Fox 13 one of the cars suffered a flat tire which it is feared could have put the families in the line of fire between warring cartel groups. That's just BS. Not when you're shooting a little kid that's running away. Not when you're burning babies and shooting them in the back. However, one family member believes it was a targeted kidnapping after one relation reported receiving a phone call hearing screams before they were executed. These people were executed. Burned alive, shot in the back. These, these, these babies were like eight months old. They were twins. Earlier it was revealed one mother died saving her baby during the bloodshed. Christina Lankford Johnson, 31, as a young mother, was among three mothers and at least six kids, including twin babies who were killed when they were ambushed in their vehicles they drove to a wedding in North Mexico. <clears throat> Christina's seven-month-old baby, Faith, was found alive on the floor in the back of her Chevy Suburban. And uh, she was, I believe, under her mother's body. She had spent hours inside the car with her mother's body. The vehicles were ambushed eight miles apart. Well, there you are. Eight miles apart, setting off in a convoy about 70 miles south of the U.S. border. That's where they were headed. I mean, I'm telling you, it's very close. And they were heading to a wedding. And you look at these precious human beings, it's just awful. And these mothers are very young. One's 31, one's 33, one's 47. Mother Ronita LeBaron, 33, had broken down in her SUV when gunmen opened fire, torching the vehicle and causing the petrol tank to explode. She was found dead inside the bullet-ridden car, along with her six-month-old babies. They were six-month-old. They were twins. Two of Renato's other children, Crystal, 10, and Howard, 12, were also reportedly killed in the attack. Good God. Eight miles ahead, Christina and Donna Langford, 43, and two of Donna's children, Trevor, 11, and Rogan, 3, were also killed. Donna's seven other children were shot but survived, it's claimed. Further children are understood to be missing. If they escaped from the flames and fled. A video posted on social media showed the charred and smoking remains of a vehicle riddled with bullet holes was apparently carrying the victims when the attack happened. 
This is for the record, says a male voice in an American accent, off-camera, choking with emotion. Need in four my grandchildren are burned and shot up. Well, what are we going to do about this? They say they have three suspects. I'm telling you they need to be brought to the United States. This is why I support the death penalty. I have no problem with it whatsoever. There are cases when it must be employed. This is one of them. All right, my friends, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. a lot of important things to talk about tonight. That was certainly one of them. Unbelievable. Innocent human beings, mothers and their babies, set upon by these animals, these subhuman cockroaches, slaughtering them 70, less than 70 miles from our border. We still have a party that doesn't want to secure that border. Oh, of course they do, Mark. You just don't understand. We need technology, you know. But we have to keep moving here. We have uh, Mitch McConnell. I'm very concerned about this man and the way he intends to conduct what's going to take place in the Senate. Politico, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said Tuesday the Senate would acquit President Donald Trump if an impeachment trial were held today, quote, I will say I'm pretty sure how it's likely to end, he told reporters. If it were today, I don't think there's any question. It would not lead to a removal. So the question is, how long does the Senate want to take? How long do the presidential candidates want to be here on the floor of the Senate instead of in Iowa and New Hampshire? Now, that's not a proper argument. The Kentucky Republican added that he has yet to speak with Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer on how the Senate would handle impeachment, but he said the two would likely start by looking at the agreement struck between Daschle and Trent Lott during the Clinton impeachment trial. Folks, Bill Clinton was accused of 11 felonies by an independent counsel who used a grand jury and criminal processes. Under a federal statute, he was required to report to Congress. Richard Nixon was accused of several felonies. 
by a special counsel. Donald Trump is under attack and under investigation by Adam Schiff, Gerald Nadler, and their committees. They tried to get a special counsel to do their work for them, and as bad as that office was, Trump was so clean, his campaign was so clean, that they found nothing. There is no flat-out allegation. None. None. Of criminality, even by Mueller's office. Even, even the volume two, it's, well, if this happened, then that. You can look at it this way. None. Nothing definitive. So why is McConnell giving this process any credibility at all? Why is he giving this process any credibility at all? Why is he allowing the United States Senate to become the tool, the instrument of Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and Gerald Nadler and the radical AOC Democrats? Why isn't he prepared to change the rules? Nancy Pelosi changed the rules as applies to impeachment investigations. Why is he not prepared to at least try to change the rules and applies to impeachment trials? Because it's hard, that's why. Because you have to talk to the American people, and he's very bad at that. He's very good at smoke-filled rooms. I know all his defenders will come forward and tell you, didn't he do a great case when it came to Brett Kavanaugh? You don't do one thing when you're the majority leader. It's battle after battle after battle. Unbelievable. You remember, I said from day one, the battle's in the Senate. They control the House. The battle is in the Senate. It's not in the courts. The battle is in the Senate. Only the Senate has the power under our Constitution to police what the House is doing. Only the Senate. There's no other body. And that's the way the framers intended it. And that's what the Federalist Papers say. That's what Madison notes effectively say. You need a supermajority to remove a president. You have a trial with the chief justice sitting as the judge. But the Senate has the sole power of the trial. The sole power. The sole power to control the rules, the process. Not the chief justice. It says the Senate has the sole power. So with all this power, makes you scratch your head, doesn't it? They have Nancy Pelosi, who is corrupt, intellectually corrupt, wants to burn the place down for her own power and the power of her party. And then you have Mitch McConnell. Other than judges, what the hell has this guy done? He's, he's run up the debt beyond belief. He's done nothing effective on immigration. He's done nothing effective on Obamacare. Well, Mark, it was McCain who cast the vote. It's true. But he's the majority leader. He's supposed to figure out ways to get these things done. Well, we have the filibuster rule. Fine. We had the filibuster rule, too, when we're in the minority. But why does the government get bigger and bigger and bigger, more and more programs? Why? Why under Obama and Schumer and McConnell and Boehner, for that matter? Did they cut deals in which the United States military couldn't get the funding it needed, but somehow the food stamps program did? Look, 
I'm a realist about this stuff. Conservatism is about realism in many respects, by the way. That for another day. I'm not going to comment sort of on a routine daily basis on all that's breaking surrounding this story over in the House, he says. At some point, looks to me like they're going to send it over to the Senate. And you all know that means we have to take it up. You can take it up and then kick it out. Every courtroom, every judge, you have to take up the case and then the case is ruled on. Motions to dismiss. Nah, there's enough here. Well, you're right. Even if all the facts that they, that they state in their motion, excuse me, in their brief, are true. The law simply doesn't do what they say it does. Case dismissed. We just had 50 of them sign a letter damning the process in the House of Representatives and further saying that they didn't, they didn't fix it with this latest ruse by the House, the Democrats in the House. So now they okay, look, we'll have a trial. We'll do the same thing with the Clinton case. And so I'm telling you, folks, we will lose the Senate if these senators don't step up and defend the Constitution, the office of the presidency, and this president. It's all the same thing in this regard. I'll be right back. Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You know, this guy, James O'Keefe, really is a patriot. And on a shoestring budget, his organization, Project Veritas, has done extraordinary work exposing the media. I mean, really. It's what 60 Minutes used to be, what is it, half a century ago, give or take? He's the modern-day Mike Wallace, except he's, he's solid as a rock. Truly, I mean that. Doesn't have a network behind him. Doesn't have a media cartel behind him. And now he's exposed ABC News. You see how this guy, Ronan uh, What's-His-Face, gets all this publicity, right? For exposing all the rape, and mayhem, sexual misconduct in the various news bureaus and so forth. And he's celebrated by the parts of the media, hated by others. But this Project Veritas and O'Keefe, they don't get the merit that they deserve. They don't get the, the attention that they deserve. And I think it's because the Democrat Party media fear the hell out of him and his group. And now they've exposed ABC News as another phony operation that protected the Clintons in 2016 with the Epstein scandal. And he has it on video. Just as CNN, Jeff Motherzucker, is out there pushing impeachment at all costs, which is not the job of any newsroom. So it's not really a newsroom, is it? It's a clown show. Why well, is now the time to refinance your mortgage? Why? Well, let me tell you, it's because rates are near historic lows, and a lower rate means fewer interest payments and greater savings every month. 
And let's not forget, you can consolidate high interest debt with a mortgage refinance. Because you really shouldn't be paying 18% or more on credit card interest. Most of you are. It makes no sense. So I want you to do yourselves a favor. Call American Financing right now. They're there. While mortgage rates remain very, very low, the Fed just cut them another quarter point. You're not going to see rates in this ballpark. Certainly not for the long term. But when you call American Financing, you'll work with a salary-based mortgage consultant. That means they're not working on commission, so there's no pressure. No upfront or hidden fees either. Just a custom, personalized home loan designed around your financial interests and goals. And you'll see that that's the case when you talk to them. You can lower your rate. You can access cash, consolidate debt, even buy a new home. They really are trying to help you, and that's why I endorse them. It's a wonderful family. So make the 10-minute call right now to American Financing. That's all it is, 10 minutes. See if you can save $1,000 or more a month. Here's their number. 888-900-1828. 888-900-1828. Or you can apply online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Oh, yeah. Now, there's two words that I want you to remember throughout this phony impeachment process. Who cares? Well, look at this. We have testimony from so-and-so who backs up so-and-so. Who cares? Well, look at this. This guy says there was a promise in order to get aid that you, ne- you needed to help our investigation in 26. Who cares? Well, look at this. Joe Biden's name and his son Hunter were raised almost in passing by the president in the threat. Who cares? Where's the high crime and misdemeanor? Where's the treason and bribery? Mm-hmm. There isn't any. There isn't any. So, uh, sorry. All right, the Kentucky governor's race, there's always some hesitancy in doing this because we don't know where the votes are coming from, and I'm looking at an online service. But 18% of the polls closed. Bevins leading the radical Democrat 50 to 47%. Again, we don't know where these votes are coming from. And a lot of these big metropolitan areas with these various bosses and so forth, you've got to be a little careful. I don't know much else at this point. Mr. Producer and I, Mr. Call Schooner, we're all monitoring this to see how it plays out. And as I say, during the course of the program, I'm not hyping it. I'm not going to just keep repeating it. We will monitor this. <clears throat> and as more solid figures come in, we will let you know. The thing about the Virginia boat is that this vote will decide who controls the state of Virginia, who controls congressional redistricting going into the presidential election, who controls so much. But these are, you know, uh, state senate and uh, state delegate votes and below. So sometimes it just takes longer to get that information, you know. So we shall see. And we will continue to monitor it, as I said. Now, I'm trying to call up the call screen so I can have some of you in the, uh, let's see here. Let me try it one more time. 
We are awaiting authentication. Well, give me a name then. Well, wait, it just popped up. Holy mackerel, there it is. Paul Chappaqua. Chappaqua, New York, the great WABC. How are you, sir? You still there? Yes, Paul and Chappaqua. Go ahead, please. Thank you, Mark. Um, I, my question had to do with um, the, the whistleblower statute. Does it do more than uh, protect the whistleblower's job and his future so he doesn't get criticized for coming forward with uh, information he deems appropriate? And secondly, this... Well, let's slow down. The truth is... The two words, who cares? Do you know why? Okay, I'm with you there. Hold on, hold on, slow down. But we, We're talking to America here. And the reason is, who cares? It's because you can't use the whistleblower statute as a subterfuge that undermines the public's ability to know when it comes to impeaching a president. The Constitution comes first, the rest of the law comes second. And so, no... Uh, the whistleblower statute does not take precedent. It does not trump the impeachment clause or the right for the American people to know who the accuser is. And I am convinced more than ever <clears throat> that Adam Schiff, his staff, these lawyers, they all decided to use the whistleblower statute in order to make the case that the identity of a partisan uh, would not be known as best as they could defend him that the media would go along with the ruse and the sham, and that if we ever did get to the bottom of this with the whistleblower, we must insist on it. We absolutely must insist on it. The whole house of cards will come down because then we'll see what took place in the shadows. Yeah. Next question. Uh, <clears throat> you were talking about uh, Mexico. I don't know if you, uh, I'm sure you cruise all the sites. Breitbart does extraordinary work in reporting out of Mexico the incredible <clears throat> horrific violence against court, uh, reporters, against police officers, uh, local you know, elected officials. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's beyond the Wild West. It's such a, a lawless place. And how the Mexican government even keeps up with it and gets people to serve. They're incapable of it. Well, I know. And, 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 okay. and you make a great point about Breitbart, too. You have these sites like Mediaite. Uh, Huffington Post, Slate, Salon, these are radical kook left-wing sites that pretend to be news sites. All you have to do is look at them for a few days. They're hacks. And yet they attack the so-called mainstream media, which is the Democrat Party press, Breitbart. You can get more information off that site, accurate information with links and so forth, than all those other sites put together. Now, of course, they're coming from a conservative perspective. All the rest of the media is coming from a left-wing kook perspective. So who cares? Two words. Who cares? So you know that going in. And they don't pretend to be otherwise. Same with Blaze, which I'm associated with. Blaze has a wonderful site. It, it, it aggregates news. Again, from a conservative perspective. But we don't lie and cheat. We don't have somebody at the top saying, push impeachment, fight impeachment, do this, do that. People can draw their own conclusions. So Breitbart gets a bum rap. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Let us continue, shall we? I think we shall. Ray Livermore, California, the great KSFO. Go. Denali, great work as usual, sir. Well, thank Um, you. You read a story about um, a family being slaughtered in Mexico, Mormon Mm -hmm. families. And I, I wanted your opinion, what you think 
these folks aren't that different than ISIS in their no, way that they approach human life and their regard to other human beings. Why should we get involved in a sort of al-Baghdadi or Osama bin Laden? Well, you know what? Don't hang up, Ray. I heard a, one of these code pink Republicans say, I don't think we should send the military in there. We should teach, treat them as terrorists, you know. Well, who the hell do they think goes into these countries and goes after terrorists? Who do they think does that? FBI? FBI does, does investigations and so forth. But the people who go are our special forces who are trained to kill these bastards. And I think, yes, we should take some of our elite special forces, some of our elite special forces, and take them out and punish them. That's exactly what we need to do. But we also need to secure the border. And the Democrats are fighting our president tooth and nail. It's a big problem. By the way, with one-third of the vote in in Kentucky for governor, uh, Bevin continues to lead with 52.5% of the vote, 30,000 or so votes. So those numbers are starting to come in. Thanks, Ray. We'll be right back. in. In Kentucky, in the governor's race, Bevin versus Bershear, 50% of the vote in. Bevin, 51.5%. Bashir 46.5%. A third-party candidate, 2.1%. That's half the vote in. We don't know where the other half is. The Virginia numbers are coming in. I see on uh, one of the links... They're making estimates, right, Mr. Producer? But I don't think these estimates are worth repeating right now because not enough of the votes in, although they're being counted. And they don't really prove anything yet. So we'll wait a little bit. Next hour should be, uh, should have some more solid figures when it comes to both Kentucky and, um, and uh, Virginia. They're still voting in Mississippi and in New Jersey. Now... Cyber thieves are stealing American homes. I know this sounds weird, but it's true. And guess where your home's legal title and mortgage documents are kept? They're kept online for the whole world to see. And your signature and everything thieves need to take over ownership of your home is easily available online. Thieves forge your name off the title. Then refile the deed so it appears that you sold it. Then they go to lenders mostly unscrupulous, and they borrow money using your home's equity. You don't even know that you've been hit. Maybe your life's savings is in your home equity. Maybe your retirement funds, your emergency fund, who knows? It disappears, and then you're stuck with the payments on the funds that they stole. Banks, insurance, identity theft programs do not protect you. Home Title Lock does. Home Title Lock puts a virtual firewall around your home's title and mortgage, and they monitor the black market to see if your home is for sale. Your home's equity is your retirement, your emergency fund. Let me help protect it with 60 risk-free days of Home Title Lock. Just go to HomeTitleLock.com. Enter your address to see if you're already a victim, and if not, you'll get the six risk-free days. Defend yourself. At HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. 
So uh, just to update you, I'm watching this as the updated numbers come in. 51% of the vote in in Kentucky, Bevan, 51.5%. The Democrat, 46.5%. The third party, 2.1%. Mr. Producer, do you see anything new happening in Virginia? I'm looking at Virginia. The New York Times is firing off early. That's why I'm hesitant to say anything at this point, but I will tell you what they say, all right? In the state Senate, they say that the Democrats have won 10 seats, and they lead in 9. They say the Republicans have won 1 seat, and they lead in 15. That would be 19 to 16, which means other races, the numbers haven't come in, or they're just too close. The House of Delegates, which has 99 members, they see the Democrats have won 23, they lead in 14, these numbers are trickling in. Republicans have won 7, they lead in 26, that's all going to change. That's all going to change. That's why I'm hesitant to get into those numbers until we're well into the uh, third hour. And I hope at that point I will have more solid numbers. So I say, uh, we'll have them first, I'm here monitoring, we're watching all the sites that count these things as they go. All right, let's see what's going on here. Uh, let's see. Robert, Nutley, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Oh, thank you, Mark, for taking my call. Just got back from the polls with my dear wife, uh, trying to send a message with a straight Republican line. And uh, I, I agree with you uh, 100% about the... Um, the Mexican situation, I think that we should use uh, a special operation just like we did in Syria and uh, uh, protect our borders but stop these drugs from coming in, too. Um, and, and I think it's time to really press the Democrats and say, look, we got to prevent this from crossing our border. So much already has. We demand that you help us and really put them on the spot now. I'm quite serious about this. I believe it was uh, Miles Park uh, Romney, that uh, the great-grandfather of uh, Pierre Delecto. So perhaps he'd like to put some camouflage on and go on the raid. I don't think so. But thank you for your call, sir. I appreciate it. Henry, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hello, hello. Shalom, Mark. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Um, I, when you were talking about defending the borders, I, I liked what the president did a while back with saying government subsidies, you protect your side of the border if, if the country's not going to let us protect ours. Just on the domestic front, um, it's interesting in terms here, of... Here, like, here's the problem. Mexico is not a strong, does not have a strong military. And these cartels <clears throat> are armed to the teeth. And of course, they don't play by the rules. They're terrorists, which is what the president's been saying. And the president of Mexico has been very supportive of our effort. Like the president says, 27,000 troops on their southern border to keep as many people as possible from racing through that country into our country. And so if you crack down on this president in Mexico too hard, you may get a president who's a problem. Now that said, this president of Mexico has not been cracking down on these cartels the way they need to be cracked down on. And they're taking over large swaths of the country, including south of our border. Now, we need to do something about this, and I quite strongly believe we need to pull together an elite special forces group, find out which cartel it was, and make them pay a price for this. Go ahead. 
speaking of paying a price, uh, recently there were a lot of police protests here in New York City. Mm-hmm. And one, I, was, it, I was blown away. The AOC was like, if people can't pay the train fare, let them ride the train, basically. And it was, just, it, was, it was encouraging lawlessness, even locally. So how can you have law on the border if you can't have law locally? And before you respond to that, also in Brooklyn here in the Jewish dating world, uh, there's, a, there's a young woman I, I, I was fond of. Uh, she said she wouldn't marry me because she was waiting for you. Her name's Connie. Waiting She's for me? Fan. I'm married. What are you talking about? I know. She's a big fan. Well, uh, tell her thank you would, and go ahead and you know, marry you. Yeah, I, that's good advice. You give, oh, you give good advice. Thanks a lot for having me on. All right, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> Oi, I know my wife's listening, too. No, 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 no. I have the woman I want. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, one of the magnificent things about this form, Conservative Talk Radio, is look how I'm covering these elections that have a national impact. The good, the bad, and the ugly. You won't find this anywhere else. You won't find this anywhere else. And it's very important. In some ways, as a citizen, it's a public service. And yet I have to deal with individuals. I'm just telling you the truth, showing you some of the underbelly of this process. Who think it's smart to be running, as an example, on a major station, college basketball, and preempting this program. While impeachment's going on, in an election year, people turn to talk radio. Especially in the AM dial. This is why I tell you folks, we really appreciate all of our affiliates. We really do. But if this program's preempted, you have alternatives. Such as our magnificent podcast, which is growing very, very fast and becoming very, very big. So I'd like you, as a favor to you and me, to download the podcast app so you'll always have it. Go to marklevinshow.com. That's my major website. That's my radio website. It's been around for years. marklevinshow.com. Now you look at the middle of the homepage there at the top. Top middle of the homepage. And you'll see a link to Audio Rewind. Click it. So you've gone to marklevinshow.com. You get to the homepage. You see at the top, in the middle... Audio Rewind. Click that. That'll take you to the podcast page. It's three clicks. That's all it is. And you'll have options. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so forth. I want to strongly encourage you to do this. See, the folks on WLS in Chicago right now are listening to Illinois basketball. Which means their ratings will tank. 
and many of you will be disgusted. Many of you are listening on the podcast now. I would encourage you to download the podcast, particularly if you're in the Chicago area, WLS country. MarkLevinShow.com. Click on the audio rerun. It's the middle of the top homepage. That'll take you to the podcast page. We've made it as simple as possible. It's three clicks, and then you click. You can just pick one, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Do I have that about right, Mr. Producer? And so you'll always have access to this program, always, regardless of what decisions made elsewhere. All right, now I'm going to go back in, and I'm going to look at, just bear with me, folks, this is all live. That's why we're doing it this way, because these numbers are coming in live. Let's take a look at the governor's race in Kentucky. We have it flipping and flopping back and forth. It's that close. With 74% of the vote in now, the Democrat Bashir is ahead, 50%. Bevin has 48.1%. Literally 19,500 votes apart. It's going to be very close, but again, it depends if the big cities are uh, left to count. So who knows? And uh, the page I'm looking at is very confusing with respect to the Virginia state races, to be perfectly honest with you. But I'm going to take, I'm going to go back to that, Mr. Producer, and we're going to take a look at that, and we're going to try and decipher it here. We're going to take another look at it at the break, too. Uh, Nothing coming in from Mississippi right now. Rest of the country, it's not ho-hum on this. You know, it's very, very important what we're doing here. Estimated turnout, according to the Washington Post, so far, 225,000, give or take, Democrats, about 270,000 Republicans, about 30,000 votes for other candidates. Again, a lot of these votes are concentrated in one area or another. Um, I'm looking at some races that I know the Democrats held and some races I know that Republicans held, and I can't tell you right now what's going on. The votes are definitely coming in. Uh, but I can't tell you right now what's going on. I'm just trying to take a look. We'll wait for the break. I'll take another quick look and try and figure this out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, one of the races I was particularly interested in was called District 13, the state senate in Virginia. A Democrat by the name of John Bell. He's a radical. He served in the army. I don't know what he did in the army. Maybe he was, uh, you know, Patton, for all I know. But he served in the Army. He is an absolute radical. He is a party man. That's all he is. This is a district that's been trending purple. It had a Republican state senator. And as far as I can tell right now, with three quarters of the vote in, um, he has the radical Democrat, a, uh, let's see here, about a 4,500 vote lead, 54 to uh, 46%, give or take, the Democrat leading. This is why I was all over WMAL this morning, this afternoon, on my own program, telling people in Virginia, you got to vote. Some of these races are going to be very close, very close. A couple thousand votes is close. 
as far as I'm concerned, a couple hundred votes is closer last time I checked. Uh, We'll continue to look at that. The votes in Kentucky continue to come in. I don't know what's going on down ticket. It's just, you know, it's not my cup of tea where I'm, or I I don't really believe that's going to have much of an effect uh, one way or another, at least be affected is what I'm trying to say one way or another. And back to Kentucky, the governor's race. Let's see what we have here. I have to switch back and forth. Well, it's even closer. With one, you know, 1% here, 1%. There's 76% of the vote in for Kentucky. Over a million votes cast. And it's less than 16,000 votes difference between Bevin and Bashir. And Bevin is behind by 16,000 votes. That's how close that is. Bevin's been under attack by the public sector unions, the teacher unions in particular. Kentucky has, if not the worst, one of the worst, along with Illinois, uh, pension deficits in the country. Hundreds of billions of dollars. And Bevin did something that's considered political suicide. He decided to take it on. He decided there was something that needed to be done about this. And these unions, the NEA and their ilk, have just brutalized him. And of course the media stood with them. Now they're unions and they're unions, don't get me wrong. Some are very responsible, so forth. But these particular unions are extraordinarily radical. Now, 80% of the vote, it's moving fast in Kentucky for the Kentucky governor's race. It's 49.6% to 48.4%. Keep something in mind, Bevin was significantly behind just about three or four or five weeks ago. And has been closing the gap, and of course the president went down there. If Bevin wins, the president will get little credit, and if he loses, of course, they'll use it to smear the president. This is just the way it works. But I've been a big Bevin fan early on. He's 13,000 votes behind right now with 80% of the vote in and 1,100,000 and change votes cast. Something to remember in the general election next year when we're voting for president, members of Congress, and some of us for the Senate as well. It's very, very important to keep all this in mind. All right, we'll take a little break. I will update you when we get back. Mark Levin. Doing some calculations here, so give me one second. All right. Kentucky governor, 88% of the vote in, 50.2% for Democrat Bashir, 47.8% Republican Bevin, third party candidate, 2%. And let's see here, just give me a second. So, um, looks like, hmm. Looks like Bevin's about 30,000 votes behind. Yep, it's about right. That's going to be tough to make up with 12%. Depends where they're coming from. There's a couple of Republican strongholds. We'll see. Now in Virginia, these are estimates. Not final, estimates. In the state Senate, the uh, Democrats 
have won or lead in 22 seats. The Republicans have won or lead in 18. If those numbers hold, the Democrats will take the Virginia Senate. In the House, however, right now, the Republicans have won or lead in 48 seats. Uh, The Democrats have won or lead in 44 seats. That's 92. We don't know about the other over a half dozen seats that are out there. But if that holds and those other seats break a similar way, it looks like the Republicans may well hold the Virginia House. The vote in Kentucky keeps getting a little tighter. Again, with 88% of the vote and it's 50% for the Democrat, 48% for Bevan. He, well, 89% of the vote. I'm sorry, folks, I'm doing this live. Uh, Bevan is 22,000 votes behind. It's 49.9%, 48.1%. Don't tell me every vote doesn't count. It sure as hell does. So with almost 90% of the vote in, uh, the Democrat is a 1.8% lead, which amounts to about uh, 22,000, 23,000 votes. With 1,100,000 or 200,000 votes already cast. All right, let's take some calls here. By the end of the show, we should have a pretty good feel for what's taking place here. Lou, Milford, Connecticut, our friend, the great WABC. Go. Mark, uh, Sheriff Brian Ishmael was buried today. He's the seventh murdered cop by an illegal alien uh, in 10 months since uh, Officer Singh, a legal alien, um, in the United States. Mm -hmm. I'm very concerned that, you know, we've got cartel... Uh, officer, uh, Sheriff Ismail uh, stepped unwittingly stepped into an illegal grow operation, probably a cartel operation. But we've got cartel in, all the way up to Chicago. They're doing business here in the states. I fully support uh, your request for spec op. Uh, I don't understand the reticence to declare them a terror organization. Uh, Oberdor declined the president's offer to send the military. That's the president of Mexico, right? Uh, Obrador is probably the worst Mexican president that I can recall. Um, I, I, I'm not saying the president doesn't, hasn't been told 27,000, but you had a prior caller that rattled off the very valuable reporting that Breitbart does. There's been countless cops killed down there this year. Well, well, I I understand that, but that has nothing to do with 27,000 soldiers being sent to their border. But I get your point. I I also agree that he's been very weak on these cartels. Very weak. Go ahead. We, We can't trust the cooperation that the president expects. That's all right, but Lou, we can't invade Mexico. I'm not suggesting we... Okay, well, we got to work with this guy. Uh, I think it's high time, Mark, that the president used the stick and not the carrot. I think foreign aid to this country is something that, he, you know, he's pretty free will. We don't give a lot of foreign aid to Mexico. Excuse me? We don't give a lot of foreign aid to Mexico. Well, he gave 10 million. Mex- Mexico has a real account, 10 million? Before the election, the 2018 election, he gave them 10 million for some reason or other. I don't but, 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 Lou, Lou, 10 million doesn't have an effect. 
Ten million. Ten millions. Uh, uh, considering what's going on. Ten million uh, is. Just... Look, I know people are upset. I can hear it in your voice. But we have to be rational about solutions, right? So I can't think of any other one other than putting together an elite special operations force, working with the government of Mexico, and tell them, look, you can throw a few of your guys in here, too. we got to go in here. We need retribution. It's what I would do. But I wouldn't. the fact that they're helping us on the border is a fact. Uh, and the president had difficulty working with the prior presidents of Mexico, so they didn't give a damn. Uh, but the other problem is he is a liberal a socialist, in fact, the president of Mexico. He talks about hugs rather than arms against the Mexican cartel, and he's been absolutely dead wrong. And you're talking about cartels that have, I think I just uh, read on Fox or heard on Fox, 150,000 people since 2006 murdered by these organized cartels. Forget about the other murder. 150,000 Mexicans. It's a lot of people. Breitbart has also reported extensively about the corruption within the Mexican military as well. I, I, again, I, I just think the president has to shift gears and be more proactive at this point. Uh, uh, it's sad that it has to take something like this. Well, what do you want him to do? Mark, I, 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 I think there has to be military intervention, and, and I think that, uh, you know— I, I already said that, Lou. But what are you going to do? You're going to send the 82nd Airborne in? What do you want to do? Send the 5th Division of the Marines in? What do you want to do? We, we, we took out Baghdadi's second in command with a drone. You know, when you invade a border, yeah, 7,000 miles away. I'm not opposed to this. And I keep asking you what you want to do, and you won't tell me. I told you what I would do. What would you do, Lou? Cartel de- a terror declaration. When, when I want to take out somebody with a drone, we want to punish them. We want to punish them, we t- uh, the cartel. They murdered nine people. They slaughtered nine people. They've slaughtered other people. They're pushing drugs into this country. Hitting uh, 7,000 miles away where we have 2,000 troops is one thing. 70 miles away where we have 320 million people is another. Want to hit them with a drone? Like I said, we can work with them, but we want to send our special forces in there and take out more than one guy. I, I don't think I just don't think that we're going to get this cooperation out of this particular Mexican president. Uh, the cartel the terror declaration, among other things, would open up uh, financing for uh, uh, the, car, uh, the cartel's uh, foreign bank accounts. There's, there's a lot of and they say, okay, you declared war on us, now we're declaring war on you, and we have Democrats that won't even help us secure the border. What do you think happens then? The, the, the Mexican president is operating like one. When you're of the president United of the United Democrat. States, you got to think these things through. Thanks, Lou. Appreciate your call. We'll be right back. Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. Look, the votes are coming in from Mississippi, but we're, by, by the time this program's off the air live, we're not going to have enough numbers to know anything. So I'm just telling you the truth. Same with New Jersey, which I don't even believe closes till 9 p.m. Uh, in Kentucky... 
92% of the vote in. Uh, it is 49.8% Bashir, the Democrat, 48.2% Bevin, the Republican. So now they're 22,000 votes apart. So the issue is where are the next 8% of the votes going to come from? Now in Virginia, it's not looking very good. I'm just being honest with you. Look, I live in this damn state. It's changed a lot. The demographics have changed. The population has changed. The Democrats think this is marvelous. That's why they will never, ever support securing the border, enforcing the immigration laws, and cleaning up the voting ranks. They're never going to support it. Based on what I see, the state Senate with 40 members, as I understand it. The Democrats have won and are leading in 23 seats, and the Republicans have won and are leading in a total of 17, 23-17 as I speak. That can change, okay? There is that. Now, in the House of Delegates, there's been a change, and this can change too. Um... There's 99 members in the House of Delegates. It was 51-48 Republicans. Right now, if these numbers hold, it's 53 Democrats, 46 Republicans, one Independent. Again, all the votes aren't in. I'm just telling you where we are right now. 93% of the vote in. In the governor's race in Kentucky, Bevin is behind by 21,000 votes with over 1.3 million votes cast. 21,000. Over 1.3 million cast. It's 49.8 to 48.2. So in 7% of the vote left, he has to make that up. It's going to be tough. So we'll see. So what they'll do is they'll trash the president, regardless of the outcome. And I want you to understand something. The president had nothing to do with this. Before Donald Trump was elected president, Virginia has been moving purple to blue. It is the policies that have been in place. It is the people who are moving from blue states into red states who continue to vote Democrat. It is the new citizens who are coming in are voting overwhelmingly Democrat. That's what's happening. Trust me, if they were voting overwhelmingly Republican, the Democrats would be funding the Great Wall of China on the southern border. And they put the 82nd Airborne there, in my view. I want to talk to you about an organization that's doing something about the radical progressives dominating our nation's colleges. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) In only seven years, Charlie Kirk and his team at Turning Point USA, well, they've created a conservative grassroots force active on nearly 1,500 campuses with over 250,000 students. That's a lot. A quarter of a million students and growing. And they do it from the bottom up, not the top down, including training conferences for women, African American, and Hispanic leaders. Their annual summit is the largest gathering of young conservatives in the country with over 5,000 student leaders in attendance. Turning Point USA is training up our own army of campus fighters, and they need your support to keep up this work. 
Please go to markforturningpoint.com right now, markforturningpoint.com. You know, I love them because they play offense. They play to win. They play to win. So please go to markforturningpoint.com and help them take the fight to the campus radicals. And you'll be able to see the ways in which you can help. And by the way, there are others who've already committed to double your efforts. They'll double your support. That's a big deal. Markforturningpoint.com. Markforturningpoint.com. That's markforturningpoint.com. Now, as you know, the president did not campaign in Virginia. What's he going to do? Run to 99 delegate races? In 40 state senate races? But this race in, uh, in Kentucky, with 95% of the vote in, I'm just doing my math here. Uh, Bevin's behind by less than 14,000 votes. Do I have that right, Mr. Producer? So he's picked up some votes. Now 95% of the vote is in. It's 49.5 to 48.5 with a spoiler, this guy Hicks, who's in the race. So we're going to keep an eye on this. The information I'm giving you about Virginia is the best we can glean I think it's quite accurate. Things can change near the end, as you well know, but these delicate races, state house races, there's only so many votes in a given state. So uh, so we'll see what's happening there. In the meantime, let me take a call here as we continue to monitor this. We should know, at least have a... Well, I won't say that with 5% of the vote left and 20 minutes left in the show, but we'll keep an eye on this. Greg, Bettendorf, Iowa, on the Mark Levin app, our friend, our World War II vet. Yes, How are sir. you, God sir? God bless you, pal. Thank you. You know, um, half of knowing what you want is what you have to give up to get what you want, as we mustered out of World War II. General mm-hmm. Omar Bradley said to us, 30,000 of us, of the Athenians, in the end, more than they wanted freedom, they wanted security. They wanted the comfortable life, and they lost it all. Security, comfort, freedom. And when the Athenians finally wanted not to give to society, but society to give to them, when the freedom they wished for most was freedom from responsibility, then the Athenians ceased to be free. Mm. 250 years it took them, and we're running right up the same course. It's, Isaiah it's, tells it's, us, it's I heard scary. the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Mm-hmm. Beautifully put, Greg, and so right on, so right on. And we have a fifth column in this country, Greg, that's pushing us hard in this direction, isn't it? You know, you know as in business, I used to go to Washington every week and I uh, visited uh, many highly elected uh, officials, including the President of the United States. I went with uh, civil servants who had been long entrenched there. When the the President of the United States said, yes, I like what you're saying, and I support it, we left, and we were related the door shut, and the guy says to us, that guy's just Christmas help. Don't believe him. The President Mm -hmm. of the United States is just Christmas help. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. 
it's a sad, sad state, and somehow or another we have to pull it back together. Maybe we have to fail, but it's very, very sad. I am a nationalist. I like the United States the way that it is. The Germans like the way Germany is, and there's no good reason why we shouldn't sustain and retain the nationalism of the United States as it is. And here are people tearing it down, creating new laws, disregarding laws. It's atrocious. It's absolutely atrocious. And you come into this country and you're new an immigrant. Let's say you're a new legal immigrant. And you watch TV and you listen to radio and you see what's going on in this country. Many people are not going to assimilate. Many people are going to say, well, gee, if it's that bad in this country, I'm kind of glad I'm here. But on the other hand, why fight the, the left? Why not join in? And I'm telling you what I saw today, even though it's anecdotal, but it's happening all over the country. And you'll see Democrats every now and then blurted out by accident. Immigration is being used as a tool of the Democrat Party to forever change uh, the voting outcomes. And that's what's going on. And so when you don't assimilate people... Uh, when you don't teach the Declaration and Constitution like you should in our public schools, but instead you're doing diversity libraries and all the rest, uh, it's very difficult to recover from that. I want to thank you very, very much, Greg, and God bless you, my friend. A World War II vet. I recall he's like uh, 93, right, Rich? Something like that? 92. I mean, he's just stupendous. Alright, 95% of the vote in, in Kentucky still, but it's uh, about 12,500 votes apart, 49.5 for the Democrat, 48.6 for Bevin. The question is, will these 5% do it? And also, I don't know what the rules are in Kentucky for recounts and all the rest and how that works. Uh, But we have a good, strong 15 minutes left in the program. I hope you'll stay with us. We'll keep an eye on this. We're going to go and take a look back at Virginia. We'll be right back. This Bevin race in Kentucky is a real nail-biter with 96% in. He's behind by 11,000 votes. It's 49.4 to 48.6.8%. Again, I don't know what the recount rules are in Kentucky, but I'd fight them every step of the way if he can, if it's allowed. But there's 11,000 vote differential with over 1.3 million people voting. Again, this is a lesson. And in Virginia, uh, I won't have an update beyond this. I don't believe it got a little tighter. In the state Senate, the Democrats have won 17 seats, and they lead in five. That's 22. The Republicans won eight, and they lead in 10. That's 18. So right now it's 22 to 18. If that holds, that means the Democrats flipped three seats. And I'm sure they're in northern Virginia, where it just gets bluer and bluer, and there's more government and more government. It's an extension of Washington, D.C., It's the tail that wags the dog of the rest of the state, pretty much. The House got tighter. Uh, In the House, the Democrats are said to have won 31 seats, and they lead in 20. The Republicans won 17, they lead in 31. That's 51-48. And one independent has a lead. I don't know if that's a socialist or libertarian or what the hell the deal is there. 
but if that holds, it's basically a flip of a couple seats. So we've yet to see. The president did not, of course, campaign uh, in Virginia. The distance, again, between Bevin and Bashir with 97% of the vote and remains at about 11,000 and change. God, I'd hate to see him lose that race. It'd be just unbelievable. And if a few more people had turned out in Virginia, those Republicans, conservatives, Levinites who are listening to me tonight, if you didn't vote tonight, then this is on you. Just being honest. It's not on the president. It's not on anyone else. It's on you. Because if more of us had turned out in two or three or four of these races, uh, our gun rights wouldn't be endangered. Our taxes wouldn't be going up. And I could go on and on and on because these are really radical Democrats. Really radical. The three constitutional white offices, Northam you've heard of, Fairfax you've heard of. These are truly terrible, terrible uh, individuals as far as I'm concerned. And now they'll have enormous power if these numbers hold. Still very tight. Still very tight. Soros and the others poured millions into these races. Millions. You know, on the campaign trail, President Trump promised to renegotiate NAFTA to better deliver for American workers, businesses, and consumers, and he kept that promise. The U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement, USMCA, negotiated by the Trump administration, will replace NAFTA. When NAFTA was signed 26 years ago, no one could have predicted the explosion of innovation and cutting-edge advancements in medicine, agriculture, and technology, and that's why the deal needed updating. And President Trump's new trade agreement puts in place strong protections for America's innovators and their intellectual property, responsible for the medical innovations we take for granted. But Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats want to rewrite the deal and strip out its intellectual property rights. But without strong protection of U.S. intellectual property rights, foreign freeloaders will continue to take advantage of our innovation. The investments needed to create needed treatments for chronic and deadly diseases will be at risk. Protecting intellectual property protects the jobs of Americans who are working to create a better health future. And it protects the incentive to innovate and take risks. Republicans should stand firm and make sure the free trade deal keeps America's interests at the forefront. Get the facts. Please go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com. TrueHealthCareFacts.com. That's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. The timing of this program is important because this is what happens every election cycle. I'm here to try and unravel what's been taking place. And I think it's very, very, very important uh, to look at this as we are. Bevin is only 7,000... Bevin's only 7,000 votes behind now. And uh, how much time do I have on the air left? Four minutes or so? Three and a half... Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on this. And really, Virginia, we don't have enough information to change Virginia right now. Tightened up in the House of Delegates. Actually tightened up a slight bit with the state Senate races. So you never know, but it's going to be tough. The president didn't campaign here. The president lost Virginia. He lost it relatively uh, big in the general election. It's not a bellwether state for him. But my hope was, as a Virginian, that we could start turning this stuff around because we need to. Um... Maybe we held them off as best we could, but not good enough. Not good enough. The difference between 
uh, Bashir, the Democrat, and Bevin right now are 97% of the vote in, is, uh, is that right, Mr. Perdue, less than 10,000 votes? Yes. It's less than 10,000 votes. With, uh, just stick with me, folks, with about 1.35 million votes cast. Less than 10,000 votes. Can you imagine that? And as I look in these races in Virginia, these state delegate races and state senate races, it's really a damn shame. In some of these districts, if 5 to 10 to 15% more Republicans had turned out, uh, it would have made a difference, a huge difference. And we're not talking about a lot of people. Would have made a huge difference. This is very important. Again, going forward to understand, you have hosts who go on the radio. You know, the president, he's going to win, and, you know, the, the, these polls and the hype from the media. And we have callers who say the same. I'm very confident. Well, I'm glad you're confident. But some people have to go out there and break their ass. And you know what? The president knows this. There's no harder campaigner than the president of the United States. In 2010, we didn't sit around and say, you know what? We're going to win this. The Tea Party rose up. The Tea Party rose up. Nine years later, Virginia's blue. Purple going blue. And we're fighting like hell in other states. How did that happen? How did it happen? Boehner, Trent Lott, the other Republicans, abandoned the Tea Party. Bush, 43, refused to secure the border. The Gang of Eight refused to secure the border. So you have multiple issues at play, and the Democrats know this. And they're united in their battles. Absolutely united in their battles. 98% of the vote in. 98% this, what is it, 7,500 vote difference, give or take there, Mr. Producer? About 7,800 vote difference. Too close to call, 98%. Governorship in Kentucky. Folks, I tried. 98% of the vote in, about a 7,800 vote difference. We'll be back tomorrow to analyze all of it as we have tonight. I want to thank you all. God bless you and hang tough. See you then. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.